Welcome to the Identity Matters Worldview Institute. Hi, my name is Dr. Finney, and I will be your teacher today, along with Dr. Joe Stoll. We will be discussing basically the overall history of the book of Revelation. At least we'll get a good start on it. Before we get started, let's take a look at our first video clip. It's called, What If? The Power of Unity. Revelation Series Historic Overview Continuing with our theme of unlocking the power of prophecy, it states in Revelation chapter 2 verse 29, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Keeping in mind as we go through this series that this book was written as a letter from Jesus Christ directly to the seven churches. Written, of course, by Jesus' beloved disciple, John. Before we get started in our actual study today, let's take a look at what Dr. Stoll has to say about some of the history of the seven churches and the historical framework of when this book was written. 
Here is another great museum in Istanbul, the Hagia Sophia, formerly a church, then a mosque, and today a museum. A museum from which we can learn an interesting lesson from history that gives us a view of Christianity that stretches from the Roman world to the world in which we live today. As we enter the Hagia Sophia, these doors, like many of the other artifacts here, are rich in ancient history. But the thing I find interesting is that immediately you are welcomed with the sign of the cross and the name of Jesus Christ. Now that takes on particular meaning when you remember that these doors are from two centuries before the birth of Christ from the town where the Apostle Paul, the writer of many of the letters of the New Testament, where he was born, the town of Tarshish. These doors were originally on the temple to Apollos, the pagan god who represented the power of the Roman Empire. Then they were taken down and brought here and put as the entry doors, and interestingly enough, ascribed with the cross and the person of Jesus Christ to mark this as a cathedral or a temple to the living, resurrected Son of God. This beautiful array of lighting reminds me of the bold claim that Jesus Christ made when he came into a very dark world. He said, I am the light of the world. And he spoke that into a world in the dark grip of gods and goddesses and massive temples, images of wood and stone that could not help, could not hear, could not heal, could not see. But more than that, this massive cathedral stands today as a monument to the rise and the fall of Christianity here in Asia Minor, in the nation that we now know as Turkey. On this very site, soon after Constantine, the emperor of the Roman Empire, declared Christianity legal, was a few years after that, in 360 AD, they built a Christian church here to the Logos, to Jesus Christ. Uh, rioters burned it and looted it. <laughs> you couldn't hold these Christians back. They built another one. And that one was burned and looted by rioters as well. And then in 532, plans were made to build this massive statement to Christianity. And this Hagia Sophia, Jesus Christ, the Holy Wisdom of God Cathedral, uh, stood here as the center of Christian influence throughout all of the East, all of the Byzantine Empire, until 1453. And then all things changed. By the year 1453 AD, all of Asia Minor, all of Turkey, had been conquered by the Ottoman Turks and Islam had become the religion of the region. But Constantinople, what we now call Istanbul, was the only holdout. In 1453, Mehmet II, the Sultan, victorious Sultan, marched into Constantinople and took it captive and changed this monument to Jesus Christ, the holy wisdom of God, into a mosque to celebrate the religion of Islam 
As you can see behind me, the calligraphy signatures that date way back to the 15th century were placed throughout the building. And in a sense, then, this represents as well the fall of Christianity in Asia Minor. Although for political advantage, since the Pope was trying to take over the Eastern Church, Mehmet II decided to protect the patriarch and to protect Eastern Orthodoxy. And so he built a small church for him on the Bosphorus. And even today, there remains the presence of the Eastern Orthodox Church and the headquarters of the Patriarch here in Istanbul. But that was the change that turned the tide, that basically took the influence of Christianity out of Asia Minor. This ancient pulpit that, interestingly enough, decorates the patio of a coffee shop just outside the Hagia Sophia is probably from the second church that was built on this site in about 390 AD. But it's a reminder to me as a follower of Jesus Christ that the thing that has been central to believers throughout all of the centuries has been the proclamation of the Word of God that the healing, transforming power of God speaking to us through his word is what we hold on to and cling to. Now, I'm sure that many who don't follow Jesus Christ wonder why it is that we're so steady and so determined. Well, it's because God's truth has gotten a grip on our hearts. And quite frankly, it's encouraging for me to know that I don't just float through my generation alone, but that that I have deep roots in the history of the church, represented by the proclamation of the Word of God from a pulpit just like this so long ago. Let's take a look at the overview of the writings. This is going to be a direct reflection of the seven spirits of the throne. The writings reveal events that will occur before, during, and after the church, which is the Bride of Christ, is removed or raptured from the earth. In chapter 4 through the end of the book, events will occur in which the bride is not to be a part of, nor even watch. At this point in the timeline, the bride of Christ is being called out to separate themselves from a depraved world. Let's take a look at our timeline to the extreme left side of this chart, you'll see the church age, which is the final call for the indwell believers. This is why it is called the church age, is that there is a final push, a final movement in regard to leading others to the authentic indwelling life of Jesus Christ. And when this church age truly comes to an end, most theologians believe that the rapture is going to occur. Now there's three primary views of when the Bride of Christ will be removed from the earth. There's the pre-version, which is rapture before tribulation. There's the mid-tribbers, and those are the ones who believe that the Bride will be removed halfway through the tribulation, three and a half years in, and then the final is what I call the post-toasties. The post-toasties believe that you will be raptured after the tribulation, before 
the Battle of Armageddon. But I'm going to cling to the rapture taking place before the tribulation. It certainly makes the most amount of logical sense, or should I say godological sense, in God preserving the bride for his son. After the rapture occurs, there's something very significant that happens here. The bride of Christ is removed from the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit lives inside the bride of Christ, and that's why we refer to them as indwelt believers. They are truly indwelled by the Spirit of the living God. When the bride of Christ is removed from the earth, the entire presence and manifestations of the Holy Spirit through true authentic indwelt believers is gone. And this is why I believe that the seven years of the reign of the Antichrist is so very, very short. Seven years to God is a very short period of time. It's barely a breath of God. It happens very quickly. But during this tribulation period, this is when Satan rules the earth in the form of what most believe to be a human being. The first three and a half years is going to be peace, peace, but there is no peace. All of the activities that you are hearing today and political ambitions of world peace is probably going to take place. And at the beginning of his tribulation, there will be evidence throughout the entire world that this world peace has occurred. Halfway through the tribulation, the igniting of the second three and a half years of tribulation, there will be hell to pay. Satan will unleash his jealousy, he will unleash his torment, he will unleash his true character in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. This creates such a movement amongst God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit As you see on the chart, Jesus returns for the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is right before the millennium, the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ. The Battle of Armageddon is the period of time when Jesus comes and punishes all those who offended his bride. After the Battle of Armageddon is completed, the millennium, the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ takes place. Before this happens, Satan is bound up in chains for 1,000 years. He is not around. He's not available. There shall be no evil nor temptations that are going to affect the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ. Judgment for all will take place. For non-indwelt, they'll be condemned. For indwell believers, their forgiveness will be manifested. After the 1,000-year reign is the period of the fiery pit of hell. Obviously, as in a case of any judgment casted in the courts of heaven, after everything has been determined, there is a sentence to be paid. So the triune of Satan is burned in the fiery pit, and that's the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. So everyone who followed Christ will not be a part of this hellfire and damnation in any form. 
The only individuals that are left to be part of this payment are those goats. And those were the followers of Satan himself. After this period of time, Jesus will take his bride along with the triune, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and take them to the new heaven and new earth. This is the basic eschatology of the final phases that we are in today. Here are some quick facts that we need to make note of. Theologians call the times in which we are living the church age. It's also known by many as the age of dispensation or dispensation of grace. Secondly, once Christians, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit, are removed, there will be no goodness on the earth or in the air. Many theologians, I am one of them, that believe that the Holy Spirit will not be present on the earth during this time. The Holy Spirit affecting and affecting the 144,000 Jews that will be saved during the time of Satan's seven-year reign will be most likely conducted the exact same way that it happened before Pentecost. And that is the Holy Spirit will fall upon these individuals and they will receive the indwelling life of Christ accordingly. But we will not see massive evangelistic movements during the time of tribulation, contrary to many believers. The old Roman Empire in its dead glory will surface again under a new look. A look that will deceive almost everyone who is walking the face of the earth during this time. Some believe this Roman Empire is going to be the Catholics. Some believe that the Catholics will become a nation, which they already have, and that this nation will dominate the world. That's what I believe. Babylon is coming back. Many theologians believe that the United States to be this new Babylon. Well, I don't know whether it is or it is not. But the book of Revelation does make it clear that it's going to show its ugly head one more time. In the Greek, the word revelation or apocalypse means to take the cover off, to unveil full glory, or to roll the veil aside. This is the book of Revelation, truly is the eternal symbol of the rolling back of the stone before Jesus came out to resurrection life. It's a very, very unique piece of history, past, present, and future. The enemy is blinded to the truths contained within this book. You would think that he could sit down and just read through it, take a few notes, and be prepared for some of it. The Lord has placed a blindfold over Satan's eyes. He cannot see, cannot contain, behold, or understand the content that is in the book of Revelation. That's because it takes the Holy Spirit from within to reveal the details of the book of Revelation. And finally, if intimacy requires knowing the heart of an individual, John probably felt the heart of Jesus and the truth that Jesus was communicating through this letter. The book was written at a time when the Christian church was undergoing persecution and difficulty. The leaders in reign during this time 
primarily Nero, A.D. 37 through 68, and Dominion, A.D. 51 through 96, it needs to be noted that the organic languages are based on the assignment of numeric value to letters during this time period. Even the Hebrew has numbers connected to it. The identification number of the beast in the Apocalypse is 666. Interesting enough, Nero's numeric value also calculates 666. I'll discuss more of this in future lessons, but there are other leaders throughout the world through the ages who their numeric value calculated 666. We were warned about there shall be many antichrists in the end times, and many of these antichrists are a result of this numeric value system. Some of the earliest Neolithic, the latest period of the Stone Age, settlements in the Middle East have been found in Asia Minor. This is a critical note because Asia Minor holds the key to one of the earliest known civilizations known to man. The descendants of Cain moved their way to this region. In fact, Man's history dates the early communities right around the present Konya area in modern-day Turkey date back as early as 9,000 B.C. At least that is according to human calculations. But the interesting note is, is that this became an area of settlement for the sons of Cain, or after the flood, it became the sons of Ham. It is not a surprise that this battle, that this conflict, that the churches themselves are under this kind of stress. It wasn't the Christians who established this community, country as we know it today. It was actually the descendants of Ham. These churches represent periods of time clearly defined in both secular and Christian history. The seven churches were emptied of Christians when the first president of Turkey originated the Louisiana Treaty. It isn't so much of a treaty, I might add. The Treaty of Louisiana, July 24, 1923, was a peace treaty that settled the Antolian part of the partitioning of the Ottoman Empire. Significant piece of history. This caused purging of the Christians from the territory due to the Islamic culture protection rights that was written into the treaty. Yes, that means that there were descendants from these seven churches that were ushered out of the country of Turkey all the way up through 1929. Here's some prophetic facts. Let's not forget the mystical Babylon that's spoken of in the book of Revelation. Everything that is horrid, ugly, torturous, deadly, and remotely sinful will be under the leadership of this new Babylon. Right before Jesus Christ comes to seek revenge and overthrow the empires of the beast. From what we can tell from scripture, Babylon is coming back. It will raise its ugly head one more time. Old Babylon sits on a pile of dirt 
just a few short miles from what most call the center of the Garden of Eden, or our modern-day Iraq. A lot of people read history in the Bible without looking at the geographical location of many of these settlements. Babylon started in Iraq, and there's a strong possibility it will rear its ugly head in this place again. This territory has always been a significant battleground. Once this superpower takes full control, our husband will come to overthrow its power and destroy the great harlot. Next, Christ will proceed directly for the beast, then the Antichrist, and save the best for last. He will deal with Satan directly. We have many details to cover regarding these facts, but now know this. We win in the end. The interesting thing about the book of Revelation is it's not only unfolding the prophecies that have been given and that have been fulfilled, but Jesus wants to make it very clear that anyone who is a part of his life, in his life, his life, is in us. We win in the end. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to presenting more of the book of Revelation to you in the many weeks coming. But until next time.